Hello, Larry Kreider here from the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for our season one finale today. Before we start this week's episode, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are listening and who supported us and tuned in every Wednesday. And we're just so blessed to be ending season one, just one year here, with over 1,100 streams from people in over 100 countries of the world. So make sure to tune in next week for the season two premiere with Glenn and Shirley Escherman, founders of Sight and Sound Theater. It's going to be awesome. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. So with me today for the second week in a row is my friend, Kevin Eshman. Welcome, Kevin. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Larry. Honored to be with you and uh, for everybody joining us as well. Yeah, well, I am really looking forward to today uh, because I'm asking you to share some secrets with me that I'm not aware <laughs> of that I want to really learn from you. Kevin, pastor of African Community Church. Work with Harvest International, years with Youth for Christ, and just a, a friend, friend in the, in, in the Lord, just for many, many Agreed. years right here in this yes. region. Agreed. And so you, there's something that you do in leadership that astounds me, and I want you to tell the whole story, and that is you're one of the few people that I know who actually teaches, preaches, speaks publicly without notes. Right. And you go through, whether it's a half-hour message or 45 minutes, or however long it is, however no notes, and I want to know the story. Why do you do that? Mm -hmm. How that happened? And then when you walk us through step by step, this can help a lot of people. <laughs> I am convinced of it. All over yeah. the world, we've got, we've got those who are involved in public ministry or inspiring to public ministry, and they're, you know, obviously taking notes, teaching from notes. I've done that for years, still do that today. Mm -hmm. But you do this without notes. Tell us that story. I really want to hear this. <laughs> I want to learn from you. Well, I will say, first of all, that as I tell you this story or your, for your podcast listeners, yes. when I tell you how simple it is, you probably won't believe me. Really? But you're going to actually have to trust me. I trust that, okay? you. It seems really hard to me right now. Um, well, there's two primary motivations. Before I even get into the how-to, there's two primary motivations. Yeah. It's interesting, and you can think about this too, Larry, how communication has changed True. Uh, through our leadership uh, ministry. Right. Where you look back in the day, man, you would stand behind the pulpit that's this big wooden thing, yeah. you know, and there's different sizes and so right. forth. and. And that was almost like the expected, where it's about the information that's sitting in front of you. And there was a rare time when someone would come out from around the pulpit and, you know, kind of get a little bit more free. And you think about how communication has changed over time. So yeah. it's somewhat comical, you know, the wooden pulpit. Then if you were kind of risky, you would go to a plexiglass pulpit. That's right, I remember those days. <laughs> so you had a plexiglass pulpit or you'd have a stand there and... Uh, and now, like, there's many people that make, maybe you've got a stand-up table on the platform right. or nothing at all. And so it's interesting how that's actually changed. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I feel like for myself, it's the purpose of how do we connect, how do we best connect with people? That's how right. do we remove? So that's ultimately the, the motivation, number one. How do I remove every single barrier that's between me and the people that I'm trying to that communicate? That is really good. That's, so that's the fundamental guiding principle. So if that's... Uh, 
even if I'm standing up in front and I got a pad, an iPad in front of me, it's latest technology, but is it a barrier between? So my motivation is when I stand in front of a group and I want to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ and biblical principles, I want it to feel like I am talking with them across the table. That's very good. And so, and of course, the big wooden pulpit and the plexiglass pulpit and all that doesn't do that. That's a barrier, right, between you and the person you're right. communicating with. Yeah. Okay. And so, I'm trying to remove all of that as well. And so, that's the primary motivation is, and even for effort at community church, as we have grown, where it was once, you know, you're communicating to a hundred people, right? You're communicating to five hundred people, and now it's twelve, fifteen hundred sure. people in a service. And so, how do I keep that same feel right. even as the group grows? So that's the primary motivation. Okay. A secondary motivation is actually to see that redeemed, which at one point has been stolen from me. I want to hear that story. So uh, when Stephanie and I were first married, I was still farming at that point. Uh, two weeks into our married life, I was in a farm accident in which I had a pretty severe concussion. And as a result of that, I had amnesia. I was not aware of this. And so when, when I... Um, was actually on the way to the medical center. I needed stitches as a result of that and still didn't know that I had amnesia because you you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And so in route to the medical center, we drove past the house that I, that Stephanie and I lived in and it kind of rang a distant memory, like that house looks familiar to me, but I can't place it. And so wow. I asked the guy who was driving me, I said, who lives in that house? And he said, well, kind of treated me like I was a little stupid. Well, you live there. Yeah. And um, that confused me because I didn't remember living there. It just looked familiar to wow. me. And so that what that triggered was this ongoing, you know, as you've seen stories about people that sure. have amnesia yeah. where you're asked the questions over and over again. I had lost my short-term memory. And so the way that manifests is I could ask you a question, you would answer it, and I've immediately forgotten what you've asked me. Wow. And so you ask it again. However, your reasoning abilities are still in place. So I could reason that I had amnesia. So I knew okay. I had amnesia and okay. didn't remember things. So I had yet to figure out that I had been married. Really? So I remember, um, and it's interesting how like traumatic moments gets permanently lodged in your memory. So yes. even though I had short, lost short-term memory, I can still remember to this day uh, laying on a hospital gurney, waiting to get stitches in my face and putting my hand in my face to see if it was still bleeding and looking at my hand and noticed that I was wearing a wedding ring. Wow. And, and had no I never one, knew this about your, your story. And, and had no idea. So somebody was in the room. I don't know who it was, but I had two questions. One was, um, am I married? Yes. To which the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. And the second question was, who am I married to? Wow. Because I wasn't sure. And so they said, well, you're married to Stephanie. And I can remember a sense of relief that I knew who she was. Because I could reason Thank enough God. <laughs> to yeah. know that I could be married to somebody that I have no idea who that is. Oh, and so when they true. said Stephanie, I thought, good, good choice. I'll, I'll keep that. <laughs> <laughs> so part of that was a redemption of like just developing memory. Sure. And so I, I still like kind of old school memorize scripture. And, um, and so I use that as a tool of actually a redemptive tool for what's been so, I actually to this day still don't remember getting married. And it's been 35 years, I probably would have forgotten by now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have photographs and I know that I'm married. I got the right. legal documents, all that stuff. Um, but it's one of those places where I feel like, okay, God, the enemy stole this from me and yes. God is redeeming that. Um, Beautiful. So the two primary motivations is redemption and actually being able to communicate yes. with people.
That's really, really clear. So having said that, um, there is an ancient Greek method to memory called a memory palace. A memory palace. Memory palace. Okay. Anybody can do it. Um, and you learned this from somebody in some part of the world? Or? Yeah. I mean, there's there's books that are written really? um, about memory method. There's a book written by a guy. I think it's called Walking with Einstein, which is a strange title, which is part of the point of the memory. So he was a reporter that went to a memory competition. Did you ever hear of like a mental athlete? Like there's actually competitions in memory. Really? Yes, I've there are. I've heard that. I mean, look it up. It's just kind of fun to watch oh, sure. online. But this man went to a memory competition to report on it, applied the principles to his own life, and went back the following year and won the competition. Wow. So a memory palace is this, and this is, like there's many memory methods. We can't go into all of them, but what I use is, the basic principle is you do have permanent memory that's in your mind right now. And what I do with a message is I connect the memory that I want for the message to a permanent memory. So for example, uh, in your mind's eye right now, you can walk into your house. Right. Like whatever your normal pattern is, is where you come in. Sure. And you know that, hey, uh, the dog's dish is over here. Right. And here's coat hooks. Sure. And right here's the washer and dryer. And here's the vacuum cleaner. And that's my route in from the garage when I go home. Yes. And so basically, like, I can do that in my mind's eye right now. And so basically, I attach a memory that I want to memorize to what is permanent. Gotcha. With emotion. Like, and it's good to have, like, it. You know, for it to be somewhat dramatic, for it to be a picture, not words necessarily, mm-hmm. but for it to be a picture. And so um, in the house that we live in now, um, I currently have, and you can develop this even more, but I pretty, I can pretty much memorize like 80 points of a message. Like, 80 uh, points? Yeah, just simply by different places in the house. And so, so fundamentally, what that gives me freedom to do is I can get up there, I'm carrying my Bible, there's no notes anywhere out in my development of a message it begins with like the work of study right it begins with an outline like yeah. I could give you sure. I could give you almost a manuscript but not quite a manuscript sure it's just that none of that has to do with the weekend services right I'm getting up there without any kind of um, tools at all but uh, so in my mind's eye I begin with point number one which for me is the garage opening uh, point number two, which is the trash can that sits next to the garage. Point number three, which is my pickup truck that's in the garage. Lawnmower, back door, uh, shelf. Um, I, mean, I, I can just go on. And so I have the next thing that I want to say in the message attached to that item. Interesting. And what I, what I can do is um, I can pretty much commit. So I call it committing to memory more so than memorizing. Okay. Because memorizing... Um, people think of rote memory like word for word, exactly. and I'm not doing that at all. Right. So I can commit to memory those things that I want to remember, and then in my mind's eye, I'm actually just walking through and, and going there. So what that allows me to do in the moment of communication, if it's rote memory, then if I get off track, I don't, like right. I'm lost. Right. You almost need to go back and start at the beginning. Yeah. But if I recognize that... Um, you know, in the ironing board in my closet, I feel like the Lord's leading me to divert someplace right. or maybe emphasize a point or maybe there's something that I feel like it, it gives me actually the freedom and the spirit yes. to be able to go back. And then I think, okay, now where was I in my notes? Oh, I was back at the ironing board. I can start right there and go to the next thing. 
I know it sounds very strange. That is interesting. But it's, it, it is the, the science of the way the brain works. And um, so here's what I would challenge everybody to do. Yes. The next time you want to go to the store and pick up five things, write it down on a piece of paper so you don't forget, and then put it in your pocket, but don't take it out. Okay. And then use that method. Let's just think about uh, however you enter your house, front door, side door, back door, out of the garage, and pick five dominant things that are in that room and then attach, saying, okay, I want to go to the store and I want to pick up yogurt. So you're going to attach that yogurt to something that's in your house, that's in your permanent memory, and just do something stupid with it. You know, put, you know, yogurt on a coat hanger, which like, okay, that's not normal, but it's, you'll remember it. And then literally just like, like put it out of your mind. Don't do rote memory, like, okay, yogurt, eggs, okay, spinach, okay. like just kind of put it out of your mind. You, can, you keep connecting it. You just connect it. Just okay. connect it one time. Okay. Think, okay, I'm putting the yogurt on the coat hanger. And then when you go to the store, just go back to the coat hanger. I can, I can guarantee you the yogurt will be there. Really? Yep. That's amazing. So there's a certain amount of trust that is. So what it allows me to do is, you know, we have a Saturday night service. So Saturday afternoon, I'll commit message to memory. And then I can be with people. I can, I can um, visit. I can worship, you know, in the yeah, message. Yeah. And not be thinking in the, in the service, not thinking about, okay, I have to be ready. And I can know that when I get up there and I go to the garage door, the first point will be there. Absolute guarantee. That is so, amazing. It is truly amazing. <laughs> but it is called a memory palace. Okay. So literally, if you look up, if someone wants to look up online, there's books written about it. And it comes from an ancient Greek method. Like it was discovered thousand, like 1,500 years ago, 1,000 okay. years ago. It, no, I guess actually longer than that. And uh, the source of it was there was a big banquet being held and uh, the building collapsed. Okay. And there were several survivors and they were asking like, well, who was in the building and how do you, re and they were trying to develop a list of who was actually in the building and they couldn't figure it out. And then the guy, the one survivor closed his eyes and in his mind's eye, he walked around the banquet facility and named the people that were seated. Amazing. And that's when, so from that, it's realizing that you, rem you remember pictures and you remember location rather than just raw data. Yeah. Or it's easier to remember the uh, pictures and locations rather than raw data. And so from that was developed this ancient Greek method called a memory palace. So your messages are how long? 30 minutes? 30? Uh, probably 30, 30 to 40, probably closer to 40. And, and you can do this for 40 minutes? Yeah, easily. Easily. <laughs> this is so intriguing to it me. Is, it is interesting. I used it in schooling and seminary to remember things. You did. As I learn about this, I know that I'm only scratching the surface on what the human brain is actually capable of. Yeah. It's amazing. So if you want, if you're out of, out of curiosity, look at some of those memory competitions and what people can do. And you can think yeah. that that's impossible, where people are memorizing in a moment like the barcodes on grocery store items wow. and can just list them. Um, but it is possible. So one thing, people will say, I can't remember things. So negative confession over ourselves right, is not right, good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to be helpful. Yeah. And then we have so many tools today that help us memorize. You know, yes. We can put it notes on our phone. We can write mm -hmm. notes down. We can. But even the Bible was an oral history that actually used memory, memory tools to actually be able to, 
to protect it from one generation Explain to the that next. Further. Well, the, the Bible uses a chiastic structure of literature, okay. which like the way we write today, if you're doing a term paper for a school, uh, you'll, do, you'll have an opening statement or a thesis statement and your data and you'll conclude with the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Where script, most scripture was not actually written that way. It was written in a chiastic structure that, that has parallel points that leads to a climax that's okay. oftentimes in the, in the middle. So if you take a look at the book of the book of Romans, for example, sure, and you look at if Romans is leading to a conclusion that's in Romans chapter sixteen, you think, well, that's anticlimactic, because it almost reads like a credit, you know, like the right. end of a movie. Yeah, the credit. Hey, thanks so and so, and greet so and so. You think, right. okay, that's kind of anticlimactic. It's very nice, but it's anticlimactic. Right. But if you look at uh, Romans chapter eight, yeah. And the chiastic structure doesn't always fit, like with the chapter and verses, because right. the chiastic structure predates the chapter and verses. But it's almost like those who put the chapter verse markings in could see the structure that was there, and it matches to some degree. But when you look at that, you think Romans chapter eight, man, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. When you think about a, a climax of what Romans is, it's actually in the center. So there's a a structure of literature that led to a climax, and then it's actually parallel on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the same would be true of the Gospel of Matthew, which I could make an argument that it's centered around the statement, Jesus saying, who do you say that I am? And so there's a structure that leads to that moment yeah. in Mark chapter 8, and then actually you know, plays out from that moment as well. Wow. So they use those kind of memory tools um, understanding how you know God's made us and the way that he's made us to think uh, but for me personally it's motivated out, out of I have a desire to communicate yeah and how can we do that best yes um, and how do we use the tools that God's given us to communicate and thinking about um, how things have changed you know you've pre- you have heard the stories of like Jonathan Edwards who right. who would have notes on his on his podium and he would actually be tied to his notes right um, of course, the grace and anointing was there, it powerful yes. preaching. But how do we best communicate to this generation? Yeah. And so redemptive for you. So yeah, it is. That yeah. is just amazing. Thank you. Are there others that you know of who are doing this, who teach like this? Um, like you're I, the only one that I know. That's why I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, I know as I listen to different podcasts and see, you know, I oftentimes listen to other preachers. And okay. um, Chris Hodges Chris uh, with uh, Church of the Highlands. Yeah. But he also then talks about a confidence monitor that okay. he has in front of him that shows him like the next slide. Sure. Andy Stanley would be another guy that I think that, that mm-hmm. he's up there. Yeah. And so they would even have like the scripture that they're going to have is on a monitor next to them. Okay. Um, okay. I carry my Bible with me. Mm-hmm. And that's partially because I want people to see me open the Bible. Right. Right. <laughs> and actually get into it. Right. Uh, so that's part of that is just simply an example of that. Yeah. But there's others out there that do that. But I don't know what, so I'm seeing them on the platform. I'm not sure if there's notes in front of them mm-hmm. at all, anything like that. That is so helpful. That's going to help so many people. That's fun. Get it. I enjoy it. Thank you. And uh, we'll put information on that on the show notes. Uh, for So you want to know more about this for anybody listening in today, uh, make sure you check out the show notes. I want to give you an opportunity yet in closing, Kevin. Anything else you want to say to younger leaders, those who are aspiring to leadership, those who feel this call of God in their lives or younger than might be the teenagers might be in their 20s 30s 40s whatever 
Anything else you would say? Here's some things that you should be aware of as you walk this leadership journey. Well, and especially, uh, I want to encourage folks to actually step into a place of leadership. Good. I feel like uh, the past two to three years uh, through the pandemic, that leadership has been just very challenging and mm -hmm. it's taken some hits. Yes. Actually, Larry, you said, which was very helpful to me, we met at some place, uh, it may have been actually a leadership summit, and you said that, this is, goes back to early 2020, mm -hmm. and you said this is the greatest leadership challenge of our generation. Yeah. And so what you did for me in that moment was you simply gave it a framework for me mm. to say, okay, it's not just me. Right. It is actually the greatest leadership challenge. Right. It um, really, really is, was and is. <laughs> yeah. And so that was very helpful and very significant mm. for me to hear that from mm. you. So I'm concerned. My concern is that as younger leaders, late teens, early 20s, look at that and say, wow, I really don't want to step into that. Yeah. Um, so I believe there is a bit of a retraction, even when it comes to business leadership, church leadership, political leadership, or some folks like, man, I just don't want to step into the fray of mm -hmm. all that. Man, God will grace you to do it. And yeah, I would will. encourage you yeah. to step into that place of influence uh, with a heart to serve him and realizing that, man, I'm, I don't know that I have the confidence to do it, but we need yes, we good, do. strong, do. healthy leadership now. So please don't shrink back from yeah. that. Kevin, thank you, thank you, and thank you for the leader that you are, you know, in the body of Christ and obviously you, in the community. And again, it's a joy to walk with you, continue to walk with you, and so many other leaders in our region and around the world. Uh, I'd like if you would just pray, if you would, today, conclusion. This is, again, our, our last podcast in this season. And if you pray for those who are listening from many parts of the world who have a heart for leadership, many are in leadership, some are aspiring to leadership, and just pray that God would give them grace to be the communicators. The key to leadership is communication. Yes. Yeah. And so what you're doing is opening up a whole box here of possibilities and communications, and taking all the barriers out of the way so we can clearly communicate that which God has given us that will help them. Sure. So would you take a minute, moment and pray here at the end? That would be a great yeah. blessing. I'd be glad to. Thank you. Father, I want to begin by thanking you for Larry and uh, the network of Dove uh, International. Thankful. It's just amazing of what you've accomplished. And even as Larry personally has submitted himself to you and the team that's around him at Dove International and God just uh, honored by what you do. And Father, I pray, I just take this moment and pray for the leaders that are listening around the world. Yes, and I want to pray specifically as we've been through a difficult time. Those that would think at this point, like, I just need to, I just need to mm -hmm. throw in the towel. I just need to step yeah. back from this. Lord, I pray, um, even if they need to step back for a moment for refreshment and healing, that they would not give up. Yeah. I pray, Father, for strength, sustaining strength for them. We are in this together. Yes. I pray they would find two or three people that can be around them and that uh, could just walk them through this season. Lord, I pray for those that would be younger, that would be thinking, like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to step in. I've seen the way leaders, some leaders have been treated. I pray, Father, um, even as Moses was a reluctant leader, but he still stepped into that place, and you, God, you led him all through that as well. Father, one of the key things about um, leadership is communication. And I pray, Father, we live in an information age, which are so many things about communication. And communication changes so rapidly that we would be on, um, on our best game and our best, we're offering our best um, to the world around us. Mm. Uh, the Word of God is so precious to us. Yeah. And Lord, we just want to be able to effectively yeah. communicate, break down all barriers, mm. 
and for what is said from our mouth to be clear yeah. and said in a way that's so quickly and easily received. Mm-hmm. And only you can do that. Uh, God, we cooperate with you in enabling us to be the best communicators that we can be. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Kevin. Thank you again for Thank being you so much, on the Larry. podcast, the Leadership Podcast. And again, this is our grand finale for the first season. Coming back next week, next Wednesday, September 7, for season number two. And we'll have our premiere for that. So again, show notes. Check out the show notes. Anything about Kevin and anything about some of these things he's talked to us about today in, in lieu of learning how to be better communicators. And uh, all that's on the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you back here next week. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.